You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 261, an interview with Mark Semple. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Episode 261, we are bringing back the wonderful and amazing Mark Semple. He is a conscious relationships coach. He came on She Runs a Show early in She Runs a Show's lifetime. I think around episode 13, Mark graced us with his presence. But this time, I've got to tell you, episode 261, Mark dives in to the power of conscious relationships, especially in this season of stay-at-home orders with COVID-19, especially in situations where you are now stuck at home with your significant other, and maybe you don't want to be stuck at home with your significant other. He talks about how to work through things like that, how to still be focused on choosing yourself and loving yourself and putting yourself first, even if you're dealing with being at home with people you don't want to be at home with, which many people are during this time of a pandemic. Mark also talks in this episode about the power of consciousness and why consciousness begins with us first. Why we, in order to really make the major decisions about our lives, our businesses, and our relationships, we really need to begin by working, doing our inner work, doing our deep work first, and how to get good with allowing your best to be enough how to stop hustling for your worthiness and how to really awaken to the beauty and the grace and the power of your consciousness. And in doing so, recognizing that your best is good enough always. These are just some of the things that Mark and I talk about in this episode. So it is a powerful episode. If you are ready to awaken to your own consciousness, to come home to yourself, even though you may be stuck at home with COVID-19, especially because you are now at home dealing with COVID-19, I would say, please listen to this episode because Mark really beautifully talks about how do we come home to ourselves in uncertain situations that we never saw coming. It is a powerful episode. Let's get down to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. I have with me someone I have wanted to bring back to She Runs the Show pretty much since he was on the podcast for episode 13. Mark Semple. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, Cassandra. It's always an honor to be in your space. You know, Mark, I have um, I have loved watching your story unfold over time. We've known each other for quite some time. And when I think about the work that you now do and the work that you've always done, I love the connection between helping people develop conscious relationships, but also in congruence with being an energy healer, a yoga teacher, being a person who lives their passion and, and loves life. Um, how did you get to this place in your journey? Well, my journey's been a progression of trial and error, pretty much like everybody's experience, everybody's life. You know, we do things that feel like a good idea at the time, and after a certain period, it doesn't seem like it was such a good idea, so then we move on to the next thing. And with me, I just became influenced over time to just be open to what called to me. And you were actually a big part of this awareness, Cassandra, over the coaching that you did with me uh, in the 2000s. And I stopped pursuing everything 
that I thought would be good to embrace. And I just started going inwards and just paying attention to the things that really resonated as being important for me. And that was the books I read, the movies I watch, the associations I have. And over time, that awareness just really helped to move me into the space where I could actually resonate more deeply with the things that were truly right for me. Mark, you know, so being able to, what does it mean? You know, there's a lot of people who listen to this and they go, it sounds really good. How do you know that you are resonating with things that are, that are truly meant for you? That's a really, really good question. The initially things are appealing to us. You know, whether it's something physical like that pair of shoes or that new Porsche 911, you know, there's a, that immediate visual thing and then it opens up something in us and we feel like we have to have it. When you get into this business of, uh, say, being an entrepreneur or being a coach, there's this instant adrenaline rush with all of these wonderful people and amazing concepts and books and courses and videos and retreats and you can't get enough of it. You just start taking it all on and it's almost become kind of like it's an addiction. You know, you kind of get that rush and the next thing you know, it's gone. And then you go for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And what I learned was to slow down, to not embracing so much. And instead of going for that initial, ooh, that sounds good, to just really sit with it for a little bit and really experience how I felt about it and just get out of the impulse mode and really listen to my inner being. And I picked up some energetic techniques as well for truth testing, which further support me in this. And you, you just simply develop this innate knowing that something is really, truly right for you. And if you don't jump on it straight away, you just see how you feel like, you know, a little bit later the next day. And if you're still feeling this calling, you know, this just this very gentle nudge, then that is a very good indication that this is the right thing for you in that moment. And how have you applied that idea of, of resonance to your your journey as an entrepreneur? Initially, there were some things that I thought would be good for me to jump into because it was a great money-making opportunity and it seemed like there was a lot of need for it. And while that may be true on the surface, I realized that my heart, my passion, wasn't really in that particular vocation. And I just didn't realize I would much rather make a difference doing what I felt like I was compelled to do and trust that that would bring me the success and the abundance than go all out for something that I really felt would be a big money maker. So as part of my own consciousness, it was coming more from a space of service and purpose than just having that bigger bank balance. And how long did it take you to, to make that shift in thinking and mindset? Well, I will be honest, it, it has taken a few years. It is an evolutionary process. I mean, I wish I could say that it was an overnight thing, but you know, things like this, uh, some things do happen rapidly. But when it's like really shifting your inner landscape and your way of being and your alignment, it can take a period of time. It can take a period of incubation to release those old concepts, those old 
bindings and conditionings and so on to be able to open up and allow your inner guidance to really come into play and come into being. And it's probably, I would say, been three or four years for me. And in some ways, I feel that it is still going on. But it's an evolutionary thing. It's not like I'm, I'm not sitting and waiting until I feel I've reached this state of perfection. I'm paying attention to what's in the moment and acting on that. And sometimes it's do nothing. Sometimes it's be still. You know, just meditate and practice and read and enjoy what's around me in the moment. Other times it is to accept an invitation to be on a show as this one with you or read something or do something. So a big thing for me is just relax, slow down. You know, I don't have to be engaged. I don't have to chase it. And when you stop chasing, you allow the space for what's right for you to come to you. Ooh. So when you say that, to allow you allow the space for what's right for you to come to you, it really makes me think about relationships. And I, because I know the coaching that you've done in the past, I'm curious what you think about this. I think I've been listening to a lot of uh, very well-known entrepreneurs lately talk about the fact that um, who you have as a partner is everything when it comes to your success in business. It's not just an issue of success in the relationship, but that the, the person that you choose to align yourself with relationally uh, has a lot to do with the energy that you're around, the energy that you feel, and therefore the energy that you bring into your business. And I know that you are a conscious relationship coach. So what is your take on mm-hmm. that? And and how do you, do you believe that if somebody is in an unconscious relationship, that they will still be able to succeed in business? That's a wonderful multi-part question. So I'll answer the last part first. Yes, I do believe that people can succeed even if they are in an unconscious relationship or an unfulfilling relationship, mainly because your power and your success is not dependent upon anybody else. So let's be realistic. No woman actually needs a man in order to be successful. You don't need his permission. You don't need his blessings. You are inherently powerful. Now, it does make the journey much more fulfilling when it can be shared. And if you don't have their support and the energy is fragmented and toxic and so on, it gives you something extra to deal with to be in your zone. But it makes it a little more arduous. It doesn't make it impossible. So your success is completely within your domain. And I'm going to be realistic here, too. There are some who are in abusive relationships where they have somebody who is extremely demanding and extremely controlling, and it's very difficult for them to do anything that they want to do. So please know that I have that awareness, but know also that at some point in time, you are going to be free of that, and you are going to be flying and doing your thing so if you're not able to do it right now just hold the dream hold the vision and trust and know that it is going to come because what is meant for you cannot be lost Mm -hmm. and to the first part i do believe that who you are with can have a massive and profound impact on the energy that you bring to life to business the world and my personal experience is a huge testament to that the the lady that i have in my life today 
it's absolutely incredible. And she's almost like, uh, in some ways, an alter ego. We have enough in common to, you know, sync very well, but we also have enough that's different to enable us to keep it fresh and vibrant. And we know when to come in close for each other. We know when to give each other space. And she knows that she has a blank check to do whatever she needs to do for her. And actually, that was the one expectation that I told her I have of her when we got together. And that is purely and simply that she will do whatever is right and best for her. That's it. That's all I want from her. And when she does that and she honors herself, she has the space to be herself and do her thing and follow her heart and passion. She's going to bring that back to our relationship as well. So just like um, in that movie, The Celestine Prophecy, I think you turned me onto that one too, where you're bouncing energy back and forth and it amplifies as it goes from one to the other. It does have a, a compounding effect and it does simply raise you in awareness in consciousness and in vibration, so you're showing up as the most optimal version of you, which has to be beneficial to whatever it is that you're doing in that moment. What does what does consciousness in relationships look like? I mean, we hear that term a lot, but, but what does that actually look like in real life? Consciousness is really a personal thing. If you don't have consciousness by yourself, then you're not going to find it in a relationship. But consciousness is really a state of inner being, of awareness, of being awake and enlightened and grounded. And you bring that to the space of the relationship. And when you have two people who are in that similar state, then the combination of that allows you to have the most fulfilling level of interaction, whether you're just sitting together drinking a cup of coffee, you're being intimate, you're playing, you're working, or whatever, you're simply showing up for each other in the highest level of vibration and clarity and calmness. And as an individual, I have so much peace in my life today, it's ridiculous. I and mean, you look at what's going on out there in this world right now. And it's affecting me like everybody else. Uh, my father was supposed to come next month for a visit. So was my brother. They've all had to cancel. But it's okay. I know they're going to be safe. I know this is temporary. I'll know we're going to reschedule. So, you know, in the middle of all this stuff, I'm able to just remain calm and centered and focused. So is my lady which means that even though we are in quarantine and we can't do the things that we like to do, we're not quarantined, we're in isolation, you're only in quarantine if you have it. You know, we're just simply able to enjoy this time together and make the most of each moment simply because of the space that we both hold and the daily practice that we do to honor that and nurture it and maintain it, like our yoga, like our meditation, our breathing, being careful what we put in our bodies. Uh, Everything is just really geared up to take care of ourselves in the highest possible way, spiritually, emotionally, energetically, mentally. And then we bring that together. We're both able to share it with each other. And it just simply changes the dynamic of everything. Which is so powerful. And, you know, to hear you speak of it in that way, 
it makes me think about, I mean, I, I don't think anybody foresaw, if that's a word, foresaw COVID-19 uh, coming on as strongly as it has. And I think for a lot of people, this was both a shell shock of an experience to now know kids are home from school, I have to work from home, I've never worked from home before, but I also think it's the universe's way of calling us back home to ourselves, of really putting us in a situation where we have no other choice but to be at home with ourselves. There's nowhere to go to, there's nowhere to run. We actually have to be in the presence of our, our own being. And I say all of that, Mark, because I'm curious. There are lots of couples out there, some who work businesses together, some who work outside of the home but now are working under the same roof, who have been for probably years between raising kids and other things, very unconscious in the relationship. And now they're looking at each other like, oh, I gotta deal with you 24 seven over this COVID thing. What do you say to those couples? <laughs> you know, first off, communicate. There's nothing wrong with being able to say, hey, I need to go take a bath or I need to go sit in the bedroom and read for an hour and just have a little bit of time to yourself to just, you know, stay connected with yourself and grounded. You know, I may have 10 hours together with my lady, but if she needs five to take care of herself, I would much rather have the other five where she's in the highest space than all of it where, you know, she's running on empty and not quite herself and so on. So you're Mark, cohabitating. Mark, but, what, but what do you say, Mark, to the, to the woman entrepreneur who is listening to you talk with such ease about doing that and is saying, man, I wish I was married to somebody like Mark because I never get space around here, nor do people understand when I ask for it. What do you say to that woman entrepreneur? Uh, keep the faith, keep trying. If the message that you're giving is not registering, don't keep putting out the same message. Just try and find an alternate way to try and communicate. And perhaps one thing to try to is to offer the spouse or the partner the very same thing that you're looking for from them, i.e., you, know, you offer them the opportunity to go chill by themselves or you know, do something that they really need to do and just basically inject that awareness and that concept into the space. And, I mean, it's not always easy. Some people just don't get it, especially men. And you might have to be a little bit uh, less subtle about it and just simply declare that you know, this is what you're going to do. And, and again, I am totally aware that it's not always easy to do it, especially you do have a demanding partner. But keep chipping away. If you're not able to get the hour that you need, but you're able to get five minutes, make the most of that. And yeah, don't waste that five minutes thinking, oh my God, I really wanted an hour. I got five minutes. It sucks. Use that five minutes to your advantage. You know, stay focused, stay positive, stay connected to what it is that you want overall and trust that that is going to help to manifest it. Mark, what do you think is the one thing about creating consciousness and relationships that most people either miss or don't understand? I think a lot of people, they try and do too much for the other person. Mm. And while that is a, a wonderful, loving thing in concept, I think it can end up being detrimental because you're not honoring yourself. You're not doing the things for you that you're trying to do for them. And in a way, it's like you're sacrificing your own identity. 
So consciousness is really being fully aware of who you are, loving who you are, and knowing what you bring to the space and the value that you offer. So you have to honor yourself first and foremost in all ways in order to be able to bring that to another person and to be able to expect it from another person. That's so interesting. Why do you think that for many people, because I get exactly what you're saying, that people think that the way that they're showing their love is by doing so much for the other person, but oftentimes that comes at the detriment of themselves. So they self-abandon in an effort to earn love, but it actually does the opposite. How do you unlearn that kind of behavior that's probably generational or ancestral in nature? It actually is. And, you know, as you were saying that, the first thing that popped into my head was conditioning. We are all taught, you know, don't be selfish. You know, think of other people first. You know, don't, don't uh, take the biggest cookie or you know, don't <laughs> take the last one of anything. And so it's like we kind of have this, like, innate guilt, I guess, that, you know, it's not good to do things first and foremost for ourselves. And I suggest to people that you reevaluate the definition of the word selfish. For me, I am a selfish person. Yeah, I will make sure that I'm giving myself the best, that I'm getting a good night's sleep, I'm eating quality food, I'm not eating junk, I'm not drinking too much coffee, I take the right supplements, I get exercise. And by being selfish, I'm able to bring the best version of me to the space. I will happily do anything I can for the family, for my lady, and if I'm able. And you know, just like in the four agreements, where it says about doing your best right. and trust that your best is good enough. You know, we that's actually a very big thing. We have to learn to be happy with what we are doing for other people and not get caught up with what they think. If I do my best for you, and that's absolutely the best that I was capable of at the moment, but you say, well, you know, what's this? You know, you're, you're really not trying. That's your stuff, not mine. So I have to be comfortable enough in my own skin to accept that I have given you my best and I'm okay with that. And, and that's a big shift for a lot of people too, because I think they are so dependent upon the approval and the validation from other people. So if somebody says, yeah, well, you're not doing enough, we take that to heart. And then we think we have to try and do more and more and more. And so it, it ends up becoming a self-defeating prophecy because you just can't do as much as other people are gonna want you to do. So be gentle with yourself. Yeah, don't, don't run yourself into the ground to try and make somebody else happy. Well, and, and Mark, you bring up such a good point with that because one of my favorite quotes says something to the effect of, um, do not let your loyalty become slavery. And so as a, a conscious relationships coach, I want to ask you, when you're working with someone and they are telling you, you know, I'm, I'm reading all the self-help books, I'm reading this, I'm doing my work, I'm doing my energy healing, I'm doing my practices, but nothing is changing in my relationship. What do you say to that person? Well, are you giving your relationship the, the love that you're giving yourself? Is your partner actually on board to what you are trying to do? Because after all, you know, a plane has two wings and two engines and uh, it really takes both of them to be able to make anything substantial happen. 
and if you're the person's not doing anything, then you're trying to overcompensate for that, then you're taking on things that are really not your responsibility. But my advice overall, though, is just really to stay focused on that within you that needs attention, anything in you that needs fixing or healing, and keep doing your inner work so you are showing up in the absolute best possible version, in the highest state, in the best possible energy for whatever is going on. And then you hold the space then for them to come and join you in that. And if they are not willing to do their work, you cannot do it for them. You've heard the expression, you know, you can't do somebody else's push-ups. You have to relieve yourself of that responsibility that you alone can heal this and fix it. You are only responsible for yourself and what you bring to the relationship. And if the other half isn't willing to do that and they aren't able to see the gold and the gift that you are to them, you are not responsible for that. At some point in time, you're simply going to have to make a decision as to whether you want to continue allowing your journey to be hindered by somebody that simply doesn't want to exist in the same space as you, or you want to set yourself free and open yourself to find out what the universe does have that is a vibrational match for you. And so when you're working with someone and they come to you with that issue, I guess my question is, and, and having coached women breadwinners specifically before for a great deal of time, the one question that always stemmed to me when coaching them was, well, how long do I give it? You know, like if the other person is not on board, if the other person is not meeting me halfway, how long do I give it? And I've never given an answer on that because I, I really feel like that is a, you just know, I mean, having gone through, you just know, you know, when things have hit the point of, um, it is time to move in a new direction. What is your take on that from a conscious relationship perspective? I absolutely completely agree with you. And I couldn't put a timeline on it either. You know, the work that I do supports them in releasing the energies and conditionings that are not theirs. It helps them release any of their fears, um, limiting beliefs, any of the stuff that is really toxic and not part of who they are. And the guidance basically is to trust the process and you will know when it is right for you to make a change. And the work itself is all guide is it's all contributing to giving you that inner guidance and that inner knowing where you'll be able to make that decision. But until you actually do that inner work and you really get into that space of clarity and that consciousness where your true heart is able to communicate and you're able to hear it, you're not going to be able to make the that right decision. And I'm going to throw out this caveat again, too, that you know, if there is abuse going on in the relationship, it is a no-brainer. You know, that is an absolute deal breaker. You do not stick around. You don't wait for anything to get rosy. You get the hell out of there. Absolutely. So, yeah, I will not condone anybody staying in a relationship that's abusive, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, you name it. You get yourself out of there first and foremost into a safe environment. Then you do your inner work and your healing. And then you open up to move your life into the space that you want it to be and never again be dependent on anybody else. Well, and don't you think that, um, I won't say impossible, but I will say it, it must be a very, very challenging thing to do any inner work 
in any form of abusive relationship simply because there is no safety in which to do the work. I would absolutely agree with you on that as well. And sometimes, you know, just being able to not have a meltdown is the inner work. That is the strength of, you know, just being able to get through another day and not lose it is inner work. And I haven't actually experienced this, so I'm not really coming from any level of authority on it. And, you know, my heart does go out to the people that are having to endure that. And keep your heart open is really the single best piece of advice I can give that. No matter what happens, keep your heart open. Don't allow anything to close your heart and shut you off from love. You may not be receiving it from the other person, but the love is actually within you. And if you can just strive to not let anything shut that down, then you're giving yourself the best possible chance for things to grow and evolve for a situation that's going to be better off for you. That is so powerful, especially, especially given what everyone is dealing with, with, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19. Mark, what would you, what, what advice would you give to people as they deal with this COVID-19 thing, as they are coming home to themselves, whether they want to or not, as they're considering, as they're actually looking at their lives because everything has changed so drastically and some people are now without work. Some people are afraid they'll lose their jobs. What would you say about developing consciousness in the midst of this kind of pandemic? It all comes back down to taking care of yourself. I strive personally to just simply stay in this moment. It is uncertain times. You don't know what's happening next. And it's not going to blow over rapidly i mean it's going to pass someday everything in history has always passed and it's always come to a conclusion and life has always resurged and come back more bountiful than ever this will happen there too so keep that as part of your awareness that we're going to get through this things are going to be okay they are going to get better it could get to be a little bit interesting you know if you have lost your source of income, you're not quite sure what's going on or how you're going to pay bills or feed the family. And I don't have any <laughs> la-di-da messages for that. Uh, trust that there, there is help. There are solutions. We will get through this. And try not to get too caught up in the panic and in the fear and the uncertainty. And I actually heard something the other day, it was meant to be a bit of a joke, where a lawyer said to his client as they were heading into a courtroom, and the lawyer said to the client, aren't you worried? And the client said, will it help? Exactly. <laughs> so you know, fear is, a, is an emotion, but you can't let it consume you. And part of my message for a while, I was involved with a concept called the unfolding journey. And basically, by definition, what that means is I don't know what's going to happen next. But I do know that overall, over time, everything is going to turn out amazing. And I learned to become comfortable with not knowing. Mm -hmm. And in the times like this, with all this uncertainty, it is not possible to know. So if anything, try and 
practice letting go of this need to know and watching the news for six hours or looking at everything on Facebook or MSN.com is not really going to support that. It's good to be informed, but if you're getting a by-the-minute update of what's going on in your city or your state or the country, that can be contributing to the space that you're in right now. And if it's working for you, great. Keep doing it. But if you're finding yourself being more anxious and afraid and concerned, then back off. Yeah, start giving yourself more positive impact. Listen to more shows like your podcast and uh, yeah, give yourself some positive stuff to come in as well because if you keep putting that toxic in, you're putting, you're putting in the stuff that drains you, it's going to get you to a, a more and more negative space which ultimately is going to inhibit you from being able to take the actions that will help you to move through it. That's so powerful. And it's, 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 so it's really seeing the uncertainty with curiosity and allowing it to be what it is. Exactly. Like I read something today that was very powerful. Is uh, You can say that you are stuck at home or you can say you're safe at home. And one word is just a completely different shift in perspective. And I'm safe at home. Wow, that's so true. Wow. That's so true. One word shifts the energy of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's consciousness. You know, that just you know, being aware of things like that and re being able to shift your own languaging around things. That's so, wow, that is so... So true. Mark, where can, can people learn more about you, about your work, and about working with you? Uh, I am on Facebook. I have a page there, uh, Successful Together Coaching. Uh, please join me there, sign up, and uh, you can contact me through that. That is amazing. Now, Mark, I'm going to ask you my final question, and this is my favorite question. If you, 10 years from now, could give you one piece of advice about moving to the next level of your business, what advice would that version of you in 10 years give the version of you today? You have to trust the process. And just don't ever doubt that life will unfold in the most perfect way for you. And whatever it is that you've decided to do, give it your own. Give it your passion. Give it your purpose. And that might not be the ideal path to get you to the future, but trust that it could be the path to get you to that next path. But right now, just know everything is going to be okay. Everything is going to work out. And let go of that need to know what it is and what it looks like and when it's going to come. That's so powerful. And that is that is a spiritual lesson I think we all have to learn and to continue to embrace. It's an amazing journey. Yeah, and like you said the word uncertainty. You know, uncertainty is a wondrous thing. It's like a kid going to the museum. You know, that's the way life is for me. You know, no matter what's going on, even sitting at home in you know this uh, this lockdown, there's still amazing things that I'm exploring and discovering. You know, life is absolutely incredible. It is a gift, and I am not going to waste a moment of it. That is so wonderful, Mark. Well, thank you so much for once again being on She Runs the Show. Always an honor, Cassandra, and I look forward to being in your space again soon. Thank you.